0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: with the Savé vocal group from the CD Native Angels by Savé. If you want to order a copy, contact S-A-V-A-E.org. They're on Facebook and they also do live shows. So check Facebook out for the next coming events and you can listen to them for free on YouTube. And uh, you can also get their CD from Amazon. And um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning for our Sunday morning Bible study. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sharon McCain, I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to just focus on the tenet of Sunday as a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I just happen to be a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Bible study Bible. And you, of course, may use any Bible you wish. Um, I've had many spiritual experiences and a lot of help from God and uh in gratitude we just have ongoing bible readings every sunday morning and we're making our way right through the bible and um, i'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message and just reading what's there and uh everybody has an opinion so we're not here to have a discussion on that we're just I'm just we're just reading it we're trying to understand it and that's the way it is so uh we just wish you well and um, be patient on sunday morning just read it so we're here every sunday 11 a.m pacific standard time now let's say our opening prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. Those whose lives have been taken for disordered or evil reasons, we believe that they have become martyrs. We pray for all those suffering here at home and those abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body. We also pray for the lonely and the uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sin. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in our own homes and freedom from addiction from every kind. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect them and all all of us and all your angels to watch over everybody. Our prayers also go out to the little ones that suffer in the world including the animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make and we are praying for all countries for the problems of suffering all over the world. Thank you God for listening to our prayers. Thank you God for your patience and forgiveness. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And also we keep everyone and their families in our prayers for every reason. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And I have a f- several birthdays here this morning. I wanna wish you a very happy birthday and others that are having anniversaries and special times. We really wanna celebrate with you. So just let me know uh, when your birthday is and I'll tell everybody happy birthday on the air. Okay, we have Kelly Wagner, Chris McEller, Gemma Seip, George Feller. And Kathleen Parrish, I want to wish you all a very happy birthday and a blessed birthday and a very prosperous year ahead. Okay, so if you have a special prayer request, you can also call in and uh, tell us your positive intention, or ask for help. Our phone number this morning is 619-924-9744. And if you don't have a Bible there with you, you can also go to www.biblegateway.com or www.biblia.com and yesterday we were on the 13th corinthians and it was all about uh love and what that love meant and uh we really uh worked our way right straight through and uh, let's see so get your bible out if you notice i don't have my notes today They're a little completer glitch so we don't have a lot of those. So anyway, we're going to go right to to reading straight out of the Bible. So we do remember that uh, last time um, that we were given the uh, the supremacy of love over the gifts. Anyway, but we're still in discussion about the gifts. So now on chapter First Corinthians chapter fourteen, we're going to go ahead and read this whole thing. It's chapter fourteen. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophecy. For one who speaks in a tongue that does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to the men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one whose prophecies edifies the church now i wish that you all spoke in tongues but even more that i wish you would prophecy for the greater is those is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying but now brethren if i come to you speaking in tongues what will i profit you unless i speak to you either by way of revelation or by knowledge or prophecy or teaching yet even lifeless things Either flute or harp, and producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinctive distinction in tones, how will it be known it is played off flute or harp? But if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will interpret itself as that battle? So also you, unless you utter by tone a speech that is clear, how can it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of a language, I will be the one who speaks a, like a barbarian, and the one who speaks with, to be a barbarian to me. So also you, since you are zealous in the spiritual gifts, seek to abound in the edification of the church. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you're saying? Hmm, for you who are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. In the law that is written by men, Okay, let's, let's read this. By men of strange tongues, and by the lips of strangers, I will speak to this people, and even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to the unbelievers. But the prophecy is for a sign, not to the unbelievers, but to those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues, and the ungifted many unbelievers enter, Will they not say that you are mad? But if all prophecy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. Then it says regulation for use for the gifts. Now we're on 26. What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble? Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at most three, and each in turn and one must interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must be kept silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are subject to themselves, just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them master their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. What is from you that the word of God first went forth? Or was it come to you only? If, all, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. And all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. So he's really just sort of telling us off. And I don't agree with the women part, of course, because I am a woman. However, I'm staying at that. I'm just telling you I don't agree. But it is St. Paul, so I don't agree with my head bowed. okay? <laughs> anyway, let's read the notes. 14.1, especially that you may prophecy. Prophecy is preferred over tongues because it is clear and it edifies the church. And then 14.2, a tongue. The burden of proof rests on those who understand this to be ecstatic speech. Since tongues on the day of the Pentecost, clearly were intelligible to human languages, and the one should always interpret the less clear by the clear. It edifies himself in his emotions or worship but not in his mind since without interpretation he does not understand what he's saying okay then interpreted tongues benefit as much as prophecy since both are understood by hearers. tongues are useless without interpretation so that's the the whole point of that whole thing so tongues are good but they're useless if nobody knows what you're talking about okay just as the musical musical sounds need to be distinct to be useful So speech should be intelligible language. Since praying or singing in church or in private in uninterpreted tongues does not engage the mind, it is better to pray or sing in a language everybody understands so that the gift may be used fruitfully. The place of the ungifted, the untaught believer, and perhaps the outsider. And then uh, now we're up to 1420 through 25. Prophecy is not only the more profitable of those within the church, but also outsiders, because even an outsider can recognize the truth in a prophecy. Okay, so 1421.2, just as the Assyrian foreign language was a sign to unbelieving Jews of coming judgment, also tongues and languages were a sign of the truth of Christianity and a warning to those who reject its message. And then uh, it says free participation in the service is indicated by this verse This we're reading 1426, but not the point of disorder, not to the point of disorder. Okay, 1427, in turn, only two or three should speak in tongues in a service, never at the same time, but in turn, and not all, if no, not at all, if no interpreter is present. And it says two or three prophets can be heard profitably during a meeting. And then uh, the spiritual activities of the prophets are under the full control of the prophets. No true prophet can claim a hearing on the ground that he is under a power over which he has no control. Okay, so women are be kept silent in the church. Whatever this restriction means, it must include tongues and prophecy. The same Greek verb for speak is used. Okay, so in Co- it is Corinth, the, sober, the repository of truth uh so let's read 1436 the verse was was it from you that the word of god first went forth or has it come to you only so that means are mm-hmm. you the only repository of truth which means no okay so now we're up to 1438 he is not recognized No one who does not respect and accept paul's words should not have his own words rejected or accepted a variant translation is he is ignored. So fourteen thirty nine through forty is the remedies to the Corinthians abuses of the tongues were one, give proper importance to prophecy, and two regulate the use of tongues. So that's the end of that chapter with the notes, and it's a you know Paul as usual is admonishing people, uh, to. Uh, just want order in the church, and I think it's amazingly true. And uh, we just, uh, if nobody can understand what you're saying, uh, how can we, you know, how can we, you know, be helped by it? It's like mindless uh, chitter-chatter. So anyway, so let's find a little story in our guidepost. And, uh, yeah, my computer broke down, so I'm having a little difficulty with uh, with our presentation this morning, but I'm going to keep going. So let's see. Okay. Uh, this read the wrong number, but the right answer. By this is by Jesse McGinnis Jones, Fourth City, North Carolina. And it's out of our guidepost book that we love. Okay, that morning, February 28, 1992, my granddaughter, Melissa, fixed my hair at the beauty par where she worked with, while I caught up on the local news I had missed during my recent hospital stay. On Valentine's Day, after a spell with my heart, I had had a pacemaker put in. I felt good now, and I was glad to be away from all those doctors and nurses constantly fussing at me. My daughter, Rita, picked me up at 11.30 and ran me back to my trailer. Mama, she said on the way, why don't you come over to my place? I'll fix you a sandwich, And No, I," I interrupted her. You already do too much for me. Thank you. I'm fine. Rita was always trying to keep an eye on me, especially since my heart fell. I didn't want to be rude, but I thought I could look after myself, and I wanted to convince my six kids of that. It had been a battle just to stay in my trailer. The fact is, at age 80, the more independent I felt, the happier I was. I had been strong all my life, and if anything serious happened, Carolyn, my other daughter, lived right next door to me. I love my kids, but I didn't understand what they were all so worried about. I would let them know if I needed anything. I said, So long, Rita, and thanked her and again her offer for lunch and the ride home. I'll call you later, Mama, she said, pulling her car away. I shrugged and went inside latching the chain on the door behind me. I wanted to get a little work done around the trailer, but at first I had to get out of my glass. And hair clippings had caught under the collar and itching like crazy. I sat down in the, my bed and pulled my left arm of the sleeve, in the right. But something was wrong, my arm was stuck. I tried again, but my arm wouldn't move. It was just hanging there. I realized with a shock my whole right side was limp. My Lord, am I having a stroke? I reached for the phone on the, on the table near the bed. I couldn't coordinate my movements. It was the most frightening sensation. I was helpless and alone. Carolyn had her grandson for the day and probably wouldn't check on me, especially the way I had been carrying on lately. I managed to slide down onto the floor and tried to kick the table and knock the phone over, but my legs stretched around uselessly. I finally hooked my left foot around one leg of the table I gave it a jerk, and the phone moved a little, a few inches, and I jerked again, a few more inches. Still a long way to go, again. Getting closer, my strength was failing. Just as I got the phone poised to go over the edge of the table, it rang. Carolyn, Rita, oh God, let it be one of the kids. Two or three rings, four. I struggled desperately to topple the phone. I couldn't let her hang up. Please don't let her hang up. I let out a weak cry as I made my last lunch for the table, and the phone thudded over the carpet, the receiver landing just inches from my reach. I trembled my left hand and crept crept towards the receiver closer. At last, I held a cool plastic to my ear. Help, I grasped. Help me. There was a silence. A man's voice hesitantly came from the receiver. What? Help, please. I need help, I screamed, but this time I heard myself. My words were horrible, spur garble, With fear and frustration storming through my head, I tried again. I'm sorry, I can't understand you. Who is this? The stranger asked. I clutched the phone like a lifeline. Please don't hang up. I need you. Are you hurt? Are you sick? Yes, my mind screamed. And then he talked to someone on the other end. A woman's voice came out. Hello, can we help you? Again, the horrible sounds came out of my mouth. I was so angry, I wanted to throw the phone aside, but I knew these people were my only help. God help them help me. The voices conferred again. The woman said, we've got the wrong number, but you obviously need help. We're gonna hang up and call the police. No, don't hang up. Listen, please do not worry. I promise we'll get help for you. Then the line went dead. I felt tears rolling down my cheeks as I pushed the receiver back into its cradle. I, a terrible silence fell over my trailer. Was this how I was gonna die? All alone begging strangers for help? How would they ever find me? In my living room, there was a montage of snapshots I put together over the years, a big overflowing frame. Two loving husbands, both of whom God called home, six children, all their children, weddings, graduations, births. I wanted to crawl there now for I could be close to them if my time was at hand. Instead, I grasped for breath, I rolled back against the bed and berated myself for being so stubborn and foolhardy. All they wanted to do was help. My thoughts began to swim and swirl. The shrill ringing of the phone snatched me back to reality. Grappling with the receiver, I finally got the mouthpiece and made a croaking sound. The woman's voice answered back, "This is 911. Thank goodness we reached you. I now I need your help. I'm going to ask you some questions and only make a sound when I'm right." You're going to start with the kind of house you live in. I ran the list of descriptions, blah, 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 blue, big, small, ranch, colonial, no, not a house. I struggle to cry out in despair. I tried to, I know you live in a trailer. Yes. We went through the same process in the part of town, my street, my, and the side of the street that I could hear people in the background listening to the maps and the phone book. Finally came to one question. The answer was, are you Mrs. Jones? on Mount Pleasant Church Road. Poor lady. Thank you, God. Thank you. In a matter of minutes, Carolyn was talking to me through a window while the fireman broke open my door. A short time later, the hospital confirmed I indeed suffered a minor stroke. This time I didn't mind them fussing over me so much and I couldn't have been happier to see all my children and grandchildren fussing over me too during the first few days. I bounced right back and was out of the hospital inside a week. The couple who had dialed my number, Mike and Paula Pru- Pruitt, had called the police after hanging up on me. They had an idea about how they would be dialed, and 911 took it from there, frantically trying combinations of numbers until they got through to me. Today, I am back to normal, enjoying my independence again, but not as sensitive as I was about my family looking in on me. They're not trying to run my life. They never were. They just love me, and they want to keep me around for a while. I set up an intercom system for my trailer to Carolyn's and everyone that has keys to my place. We all need one another, kinfolk especially, should sit close. Sometimes it might feel like we're stuffed together in one big can, knocking elbows, knees, and pushing for space like the pitches on my frame. But we are held together by love and by a God that can turn a wrong number into a right one. God, well, thank, thank God for that powerful story. Um, isn't it, isn't it true and isn't it beautiful that, um, I don't even have to say it. I just feel like crying my eyes out. So let's read a couple prayers out of a little book that my best friend got me. And it's the Bible, it's the Bible promise book for tough times. And let's see, let's look at the theme of the day. Over, let's, do, let's do overcoming. Okay, here's some prayers for overcoming. It says, when you are pushed to the limit and you need God to take you from here, each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. for the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. That is from Joshua 23. 10. And then it says, oh, Lord, I have met so many enemies, so many people against me. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me, and you are a glory, the one who holds my head high. Victory comes from you, O oh Lord. That was Psalm 3, 1, 2, and 8. The Lord always keeps his promises, and he is gracious in all his The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all who look to you in hope, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth psalm 145 13 to 16 and 18. and it says don't be afraid for i am with you don't be discouraged for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will hold you up with my righteous right hand now so we're running out of time let's now say our closing prayer and after a moment of silent meditation for those out there that are still suffering God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. God. And we will see you next week at the same time, 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, to read our Bible and say, if you will, for God bless you, I love you, and in Jesus' name, amen.